All of our banter is gay. Tyler. How's it going? Awful. It's a, uh, I would say, at best, below par. Okay. Not in the sense of the game of golf, because below par would be great, mm -hmm. but in the sense that par would be the norm, and we are below that in terms of positivity. That's just what I like to hear. Well, I have a more important question for you okay. in that case. And um, uh, the, 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 that question should definitely lead into this one. What are you drinking? Coffee. I am having coffee. There is a cup of coffee in front of me. And before this, this is done, I will have a different cup of coffee. Because this cup of coffee will be gone. <clears throat> so it's a different kind of things aren't going well then. It's a, it's a well, it's a part of this episode might be filmed on the toilet. Anyways, and you? Oh. He said politely. I am actually drinking... Don't say water. I will not say water. <clears throat> I will say hot chocolate. Oh, that doesn't sound bad. Yeah, it's 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 really nice. It's um uh, because it's annoyingly colder here than it is there for the second year in a row, and why on earth did I move to Oklahoma? <clears throat> um, or their road systems. Mm, no, no, it's not that. Because they have a better state bird. <clears throat> I don't know what the state bird is here, but we do have bald eagles here, so. I, I started scrambling <laughs> immediately to try to see what Oklahoma state bird was. <laughs> <laughs> and I gave uh, up because I don't care either. Yeah. <clears throat> The, it, it's it's in well like most things in life I'm assuming something stupid like for a woman <laughs> that's a strange bird <laughs> no there's not, there's not many of those around here <laughs> you know what Indiana does have that Oklahoma doesn't though uh, there's gotta be a few things sassafras it's just like laying around. No, it grows there. You guys have sassafras, Ooh, sassafras trees, sassy ass oh, trees. I thought you. I thought you were saying you had sassafras trees. Oh no, Indiana does. Oklahoma does not. <clears throat> I don't pay attention to the sassafras. So. Tyler Moberly, <laughs> you heard me. <clears throat> you heard me, and I don't care that you heard me. <clears throat> Well, you need to go find you some sassafras and harvest it and make you a good old-fashioned sarsaparilla. I don't think I would like that. Sarsaparilla is a, um, uh, is the, I'm not sure which kind of root beer is the best. 
Mugs, but continue. No, I'm well. That's brand. Um, uh, and no, Dog and Suds is better than Mug. <clears throat> you know, I used to think that, but keep going. <clears throat> mm-hmm. Well, I actually have access to Dog and Suds. <clears throat> where I am. I think I think I need to do a side by side again now that I'm older. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <clears throat> but anyways, um, uh, yeah. So the 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 two best kinds of root beer are, and I'm not sure what order they belong in. Sarsaparilla and ginger beer. Okay. And at today, nothing is called sarsaparilla, and sarsaparilla is the only thing that's still called root beer. So they changed the name. They just called it root beer. None of the other root beers are called root beer. Um, uh... And none of the other root beers are called root beer. None of the other... All the other root beers are just given their name. Ginger beer... Um, uh, spruce beer, uh, stuff like that. Um, uh, and, and sarsaparilla is called root beer. And not, so it doesn't have its name. It's called the general name. And all the others don't get the general name anymore. And I don't know why, what makes any of them special. Um,. I don't know. <coughs> I also, I, I also will go one further. Mm-hmm. I don't care, mm. but I don't know. Yes, I understand. You ever seen a giant cockroach climb out of a tomato? No, but I have had cock and bull ginger beer. All right, we're not going to let that one go. Let's just keep moving. <laughs> um, <laughs> <laughs> Anyways. It was before I knew what a cock and bull story was. I thought <laughs> cock and bull ginger beer was just a hilarious play on cock and balls. Which would be really funny. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> I mean, I would accept that as an answer. Mm-hmm. Why did you name this cat? <clears throat> oh, because cock and balls. <laughs> Why did you name him butthole? <laughs> <clears throat> I'm like, yeah, man. I'm, uh, I'm down with it. Anyways. Why in the world are we doing this this morning? Uh, because we're the super whiskey bros. Oh. And since neither of us feel very super, and neither of us are drinking whiskey... Does that mean we're not bros? Does that One can only hope so. <clears throat> My life would improve. <laughs> True. Uh. So as of this moment in time, mm-hmm. we... Well, as of a different moment in time. At the very same moment. To a different moment in time yesterday, preparing for this moment in time today, (coughs) Mm -hmm. you approached me and said, you know what we haven't done in a hot minute? Because you talk like that. I I say those words a lot. Those are words you say, and you're like, hey, yo. (coughs) We haven't done long. Yeah. Yeah, just like pink, I'm attracted to minutes. But yes, you're right. I did say that, say those things that we haven't done Lovecraft in a while. And so that's what we're doing. Tyler? You faded away and have not come back. Hello? Are you there?
Hmm. <clears throat> Are you there? That was the most beautiful thing ever. Because essentially it was just me droning, and then when you didn't answer, I kind of went on a little bit further. And uh. then I went on a little bit further, mm-hmm. and I kept getting slower and more awkward, and you never answered. I'm like, this is perfect. <laughs> <laughs> <clears throat> uh, we're doing Lovecraft, damn it! Ah, <laughs> uh, yes. Um. Uh, yeah, no, it's been way too long since we've done anything Lovecraft. Rel- I guess we did that Lovecraft video game. Uh, anything that love uh, from actual Lovecraft, <clears throat> and I'm um, uh, yeah, from actually Lovecraft. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Actually. <clears throat> Now, before we've done some of his stories, and they may have been, you know, popular ones or whatever, today we're going over the one Lovecraft story that none of you have heard of. No, it's a, it's a very niche. Very very obscure of one of his stories. Um, if you've ever read Lovecraft, it's probably the very last sto- of his stories you've read, if you've even found it at all. Uh, it goes not to recommend it. It goes by the title, uh, The Shadow Over Innsmouth. Yeah, it's... Uh... Not widely celebrated. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> yes. So yeah. <clears throat> mm-hmm. Um, uh, I think we're bad, very bad at uh, the dry sarcasm because I don't think any anyone believed a word we just said there. No, that that is kind of the benchmark. Mm-hmm. Um, so <clears throat> this is actually my favorite. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, this is I well. It was originally my favorite for the longest time. I guess I, I, I would, if I had to really sit and reevaluate, I might. But for the longest time, this was definitely my favorite. Um, I liked, <coughs> I liked um, uh, the the approach to the story. It gives you the slow burn that is characteristic of a lot of his stories, which is nice. Um, it gives you. <laughs> Well, what was I, what was I, what was I trying to say here? It gives you um, words are so much easier when you haven't slept for two hours. Mm-hmm. Um, it it gives you that the the kind of POV uh, that you get from all the really really good ones. I mean, like the really really good ones have that, like from the perspective of the person who's slowly becoming privy to the to the ancient knowledge and all that kind of stuff and um this one has a really good twist ending which you kind of get in one of their lovecraft story but this is the best version of it mm-hmm. <clears throat> yeah <clears throat> so there's a um uh the, there there's a, a a style that he used here that he's used in a he he he! I don't. I can't think of another story where he's used this exact style. Have I lost you or not? Uh, I don't know. I'm speaking. I can hear you. Can you hear me? I'm hmm. blaming you. It's your fault. Okay. Are you there though? I mean, am, am I there for you? I can. Uh, well, you are now there. For okay. Me. Uh-huh. I've always been there for you. Mm-hmm. I understand that. Um. Uh, yeah, it's written in a style that he hints at a lot where he'll like uh, it, it happens a lot that he doesn't use because uh, like the 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 there's no quotes as far as I know for the uh, for, for the protagonist 
uh, no quoted sentences at any point. So it never says, blah, 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 I said, uh, or anything like that. It's always, and there are also, there are, there are relatively few quotes from other people besides, um, the, uh, like, un unless, like, only the, pe really only the people that he wanted to get their speech mannerisms across, um, uh, and, uh, Zadok, which I think that he, uh, instead of, Again, instead of putting in the the narrator's words, he only he only did Zadok in quotes because he wanted to get his speech mannerisms across. But those are the only people that get quotes. Everything else is like, and he told me that this and this and this and this and this and this, or and I said that this and this and this and this and this and this. It's always like the future, like the 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 author in the future, or not the author, but the protagonist in the future, recounting what was said and putting it in his own words. And that kind of like lack of quote is actually something that pops up fairly often in Lovecraft stuff. He did the exact opposite in uh, Pickman's model, and where the instead of the like 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 it's it's almost, instead of it almost being like a journal entry where the guy is writing and there's hardly any quotes because he's just recounting everything. Uh, it's the exact opposite, where the guy is speaking directly to you, and you're, it's as if you're the observer. So e almost everything is a direct quote from the guy talking to you, and he asks you questions, and it makes it seem like you've answered the questions, but you still don't get any quotes. And it's it, it's it, it's kind of it, it, that's neat. That uh, that was Pickman's model that did that. But there's it, it always like almost always somebody who is not silent, but they don't get any quotes. <laughs> and yes. that, I like that. <laughs> yeah, no, and and I think if you think about the two people that actually get conversations, mm -hmm. um, you have uh, like your your image and Zadok Allen, mm -hmm. and then you have the person um, at the very very beginning who's telling him about his mouth. Mm -hmm. um, we we get a conversation there with direct quotes, and I I think it's interesting because it puts a lot of, like you were saying it puts a lot of gravity on those two those two particular conversations so you have mm -hmm. obviously Zadok Allen's conversations <laughs> um, um, you, you have um, all, the, all the way from Zadok Allen's conversation because he's giving you all the knowledge and everything but then you have the ticket master guy I believe it's a ticket master guy mm -hmm. um, yep. who essentially is he's, he's the one who's <laughs> telling him um mm -hmm that uh, here's what's going on with Enzov and here's why you shouldn't go and here's a few pieces of information. Um, we hear about people that go crazy there. We hear a, a few about their, the things that make them you know, special and terrible. But then you don't, like you said, even the people who are nice to him, like the, the grocery boy, mm -hmm. um, there's no conversation with him. They're just like, uh, here's what happened. Uh, here's what his life was like. He told me his life story. You don't need to hear mm -hmm. the quotes. And you just kind of move on. Mm -hmm. And it is, a, it is an interesting way to, to write. And he's He's rather okay at it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, he was. <laughs> he was. He was not bad. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> yeah. Um. Uh, <clears throat> uh, what was? It? Oh, there was something. Oh yeah. The 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 ticket master conversation though. That was that that was a pretty. Actually, I'm not going to get into that. I'll go. I'll give the uh, the the short synopsis. Um. Uh, and I'll include what I was going to say about the ticket master in my short synopsis. Ah, uh, yes, the synopsis. So, the story goes as follows. <clears throat> hey, I'm, uh, I was traveling down the road, and 
uh, I realized that I had to get somewhere. I was I was in uh, Newburyport, and um, uh, I had to get somewhere, so I went to the ticket booth. Uh, I said, hey, I'd like a train. And they said, oh, the train's too expensive for you. And I said, oh, you're right. I said, well, you could uh, take the bus through Innsmouth, but I wouldn't recommend it. Okay, well, that, well, why wouldn't you recommend it? Oh, because it's a terrible place. Bad things happen, and it's been that way since the War of 1812. Oh, well, that, that's that's terrible. Yeah, but you should go there anyway, because I'm from Vermont, and I don't believe in nonsense. So go ahead and go. Um, uh, and then I went to a place, and I saw some jewelry, and I was like, oh, that's some pretty jewelry. They said, yeah, it's Innsmouth Jewelry. Said, oh, that's neat. And then I went to Innsmouth, and uh, the guy who drove me there was mighty weird. And so I showed up, and I went to the... To the hotel, and I said, "Hey, uh, I'll, let me leave my bag here uh, while I explore the town." Okay, so I went and explored the town, and I talked to a grocery boy, and he said, "Everybody's weird here. How am I normal? I wish I was here. Please get me out. I live in Arkham." And um, uh, <clears throat> so he um, uh, which by the way, side note, I bet that grocery boy died. I bet they 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 I bet the uh, in in the end when everybody w went out in force, I bet they they found him and killed him. But, that seems like a high, high probability. <clears throat> yeah, <clears throat> but anyways, <clears throat> he said, "Yeah, but I hate it here. This is the worst place ever. Let me draw you a map." Um, uh, <clears throat> and so I was happy to get that map, and so I got the map, and I went around, and I was exploring, and I saw nothing, um, and that scared me. Uh, and I also saw a man in a basement, and that scared me. Um, uh, and I'm just a cowardly man, really. Um, uh, <clears throat> and while I was while I was terrified over seeing a man in a basement and also seeing nothing, um, uh, <clears throat> I came across an old man named Zadok. I said, hey, that's Zadok. I heard about Zadok. And I said, hey, Zadok, uh, how's it going? And he said, more ale, winch. And so I brought him some booze, and he drank it, and then he drank it, and then he drank it. And it wasn't until he drank about all my booze, what a hog, that he started speaking, mm. and he said, you know... Obed Marsh, you you look a lot like him, by the way. Um, uh, <clears throat> he uh, uh, you know, he was he was doing poorly, and then he uh, he talked to some islanders, and the islanders said, "Oh yeah, no, we're not doing poorly," and so he wanted to know why because he was doing poorly, and they said, "Oh, it's because of these these fish folk," and so uh, uh, Captain Marsh said, "Oh, fish folk, okay, uh, <laughs> that's so silly," and then things got worse, and he said, "Oh, there may be something to those fish folk," and so he. He got with the fish folk, and then he was trading with the, the people, and he met the fish folk, and then someone came and killed all the people. And he's like, oh, crap, how did I get the fish folk? And then he threw some lead in the water and a dead body, um, <clears throat> and then the fish folk came, and he's like, okay, so here's what needs to happen. I need to keep throwing dead bodies in the water. And, um, uh, and they said, well, what about if there's a, a live person? I said, well, then I'll make them into a dead body and then throw them in the water. And then they said, "No, you're not gonna, you're not gonna do that." And so they took him away, and they wouldn't let him uh, do it anymore. And then the uh, the fish folk didn't like that, so they came and it, like killed a bunch of people. And then they said, "Okay, okay, tell you what, tell you what, we'll stop throwing dead bodies in the water, and the fish folk will you stop killing us if we have sex with you." <clears throat> and somehow the fish folk went for that. Um. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> All right. <laughs> um. Uh, and then uh, they uh, and, and then so they they wound up having a bunch of a, a bunch of half fish half person um uh, kids 
and uh, there's there's a bunch of kids that way. And but Zadok was having none of it, and he didn't want to. He didn't want to. He, he didn't like sex. Um, uh, and so he went on his merry way. But because he uh, his initial refusal to have sex with the fish folk led to him telling about the existence of a shoggoth, and so they killed him. And then um, uh, he was. Uh, that, that that frightened me, so I went back to the hotel, and I said, "Hey, I'd like to get on the bus now." And they said, "Oh, the bus is broke." I said, "What's wrong with it?" Uh, uh it has a 24-hour bug. Uh, it'll be ready tomorrow. Uh, just just go get some sleep. And I said, "Okay, that's weird. I've never heard of that happening on a bus." And so I um uh, got in my room and I said, "You know what? They're probably trying to pull a fast one on me." So I didn't go to sleep. And I found uh, that my lock was broken, but I'm I'm a handyman with a special key ring, so I fixed it. And <clears throat> so I locked my door and I I bolstered everything. And then they tried to come in my room. I said I said who's there? They said room service. Um, uh, and I didn't believe them. I've heard I, I fell for that trick before. Because I didn't order any room service. <laughs> um, uh, and so I um uh, I thought hmm they'll leave me alone if I go to the next room over. And so I went to the next room over, and they didn't leave me alone. They tried to go into that room too. And so I thought hmm I'll jump out the window, which is really you know th this man will go to long lengths not to have sex. Um, uh, True. <clears throat> and so he um uh, he jumped out the window, uh, or I jumped out the window. This is a first-person story, isn't it? I go to long links not to have sex. Stick your head here. Um, uh, and uh, and so I jumped out the window and I landed on the uh, on on a building and I hopped into the building and went through and um. Uh, and then I was like, okay, I was, I can sneak away. I'll go, I'll, I'll follow the railroad. Even, you know, I'll just walk on the railroad. And uh, <clears throat> then they said, then uh, someone was about to see me. I said, I know, I'll pretend to be a fish. And so, how do fishes walk? And I started trying to walk like a fish, and I, I guessed correctly because they fell for it. Um, uh, <clears throat> and then I hid on the railroad tracks while uh, a million fish came running through the field after me and they all ran right past me and didn't see me and then I went I, then I, I went to Arkham and I told everyone about the fish and even though they haven't they hadn't believed anyone for a hundred years they believed me and they went and they torpedoed the the bad place and they burned the town and they did all that and then it turns out I'm a fish and my fish grandmother contacted me in a dream and said, "Hey, remember when you when you killed all had all our people killed and and bombed our town underwater and all that? Well, we forgive you and we'd like you to come live with us uh, when you become full fish." And I was like, "Oh, I, I don't know about that." And he said, "Well, my son killed myself." And I was like, oh, "My uncle killed himself. You must be my real grandma." And so I I am going to break my my fish cousin. Uh, out of the asylum he's in, and I'm gonna go live underwater. The end. And this is actually the only Lovecraft story that I can think of right off the top of my head with a a flat, absolute happy ending. It is kind of a happy ending, isn't it? <laughs> also, this is, this is also the only mm -hmm. time that we've ever done a synopsis that was one not short and two actually what happened. Yeah. <laughs> not exactly our end, though. Yeah, it um. Uh, uh, 
the funny thing is, it sounds like I phrased it comically. I really didn't. That's kind of how it happened. I mean, it's more just like what if you're like, what if you were just a very dry Britishman? Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, that that's essentially the plot of the thing. See you guys later. Have a good day. Uh, oh. Drink some caffeine. Plenty of water. Stay hydrated. Oh my goodness, Pat. But what if it rains? <laughs> yes. <clears throat> So for this particular story, <laughs> I, 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 I it, it's it's it, <clears throat> words are hard. Mm. The difference for this one mm-hmm. and this one for me, if that's what I'm trying to say. The way that we go about the exposition um, is so much neater, uh, cleaner, maybe than all the other Lovecraft stories. Uh, mm-hmm. None of it seems ridiculous. Mm-hmm. All of this seems like a... But I can't believe we haven't had a better movie made about this book, because I guess is what I'm saying. Because this would be such an easy short film to make. Because mm-hmm. um, the, the exposition is so clean. It's so simple. You have a nice, like, clean intro and exit from every single little bit of scene that you could just really... I don't know, it translates so well. Some of it, the Lovecraft stuff is like, there's this big, long thing, and uh, here's all the stuff that happened. It's all very convoluted. No one would think... But, th- I mean, this is just uh, the best-written version of all of that. Mm-hmm. That's the reason why I'm so drawn to it. Plus, for a movie, all you'd need is... Um, uh, like, for a low-budget... You're doing a low-budget deal. All you would need for a short film to make... In this one... In th- this, this story in particular... Uh, to make the monsters, you just need a good makeup artist and maybe a couple like prop makers, and that'd be it. I, I was gonna say a bunch of CGI's of Nancy Pelosi, but that works too. Yeah. <laughs> That's a joke. Yeah, you you, um, you in just like a semi-old-looking town. Um, just have a few people that are you know look vaguely like fishes, and then do the makeup to make them look a little bit more like fishes. Mm-hmm. Um, you wouldn't have to have. I don't know if you've watched any Lovecraft movies. Uh, I mean, I'm sure you have a few, but I don't know if you've watched like the um, the more kind of art house ones that are out there. I, ha- had, I haven't even. Oh, sorry. Yeah, I haven't even seen the ones uh, made by the Historical Society. <clears throat> I don't. You know, the funny thing is, those are the only ones I haven't seen. Because mm-hmm. <clears throat> I've watched like a lot of really low budget garbage <clears throat> ones, and then obviously the higher budget ones. Mm-hmm. Not lose a baby chasing me. Oh no. Yeah. <laughs> but Sorry, yeah. I'm trying to talk to this baby. Yes. Um. Mm-hmm. No, it. You wouldn't even have to act that well. I mean, I don't know if you've seen those. Um, I'm saying it again for effect. Um. <laughs> apparently. <laughs> but like the acting's never great, and that's okay. Like. Mm-hmm. I mean, if, if you if, if you want to make it, I would even make it look low budget. It would fit for something in that time frame. I'm just, I can't imagine it would cost more than like fifteen k to make this movie. Yeah, <clears throat> which is surprisingly cheap for a movie. Um, uh, That's shockingly cheap for a movie. Yeah, but um, uh, <clears throat> yeah, and there's there's also not a whole lot of um. Uh, <clears throat> There, there, there's, there's not a whole lot of that. Those moments in the, uh, in, in this, in this story too. Um, uh, you know, like the, uh, the, they always have the, 
Lovecraft is semi-famous for the, um, uh, you know, very, 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 very obvious to the reader, which that's actually, I think it's a good thing with, with his books because it increases suspense because he he does, he does it in a way that doesn't make the, the, the person seem too stupid. They seem a little stupid, but not too stupid. Um, uh, where the the reader's always like, no, don't go in there. This is in there, and the uh, and the the character's like, so I went in there. Um, uh, <laughs> and, then the thing happened. Yeah. And you um, uh, but you don't really have any of those moments in in this book. Like it it flows. Um, uh, you, okay, you, um, that's one of the points I was gonna make. Mm-hmm. I'm not gonna interrupt you, but very briefly, yeah. the ones that you the, the moments <coughs> of of that. Um, foreboding mm-hmm. in this one I mean you get a little bit of the sense from like you shouldn't go to his mouth mm-hmm. but, but then like he kind of had to yeah um, so like it takes that that moment out of it you get them in the moments of he really everything points to this guy is one of the fish people mm-hmm. yeah and because you have like you know you look just like hey you know what you look just like you know it's that kind of a thing mm-hmm. yeah that's the, the that's when the uh, it kind of kind of points a little bit um, uh, and of course, you don't really get what any of that means until you get to the uh, until they you start talking about um, uh, you know the that the the people of Innsmouth being descendants of the fish people, um, uh, uh, and and then and you've already heard a couple times and have probably forgotten that you know, he, he had the marsh eyes and stuff. Um, uh, yes, but you, again, yeah. if, if this is like one of your first Lovecraft stories, then mm-hmm. you're right, it's perfect. Um, if you've yeah. read three or four already, you're gonna mm-hmm. be like, oh, I know where this is going. Yeah, uh huh. And it, it, it's it, it's it, it, but it, it's cool because it does play into it's it's one of those things that you know I, I do like this in a book where the where the 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 twist, if you want to call it that, um, uh, is you're you're reading. And then you get to the point and said, and here's the reveal. And you said, and you go, <gasps> and that's the thing they said before. And they they were hinting at that. And it's like, oh, I should have caught that. <laughs> that's why they said the thing. Yeah. A, a bad twist is, oh, yep, called that. A good twist is, oh, I should have seen that. <laughs> or a twist that makes you want to burn four books is one where instead of everyone having somewhat of an ending that makes any kind of sense at all, the main guy goes off with a dragon in the middle of nowhere. Mm-hmm. Especially when it was just determined that he learned the power to shape the universe. So yes, he was destined to do the to do that thing, but he is literally able to change destiny by having the power of the universe. <laughs> Christopher. Uh, You're a good yeah. writer, Christopher. Why'd you do it? <laughs> We're still mad, and it's been like 15 years. <laughs> uh. <clears throat> a good compromise leaves everyone upset anyways, but mm-hmm. um, yeah, um, Lovecraft generally has the ending where it's it's a, it's right off of what you said, where it's like, oh, I should have seen that coming. With Lovecraft, it's always, I saw that coming. Like, you just... You, it, it's an interesting way of writing because you have someone who's... Um, Who's writing horror mm-hmm. for people who have never read horror? Mm-hmm. Um, is kind of what it is. No one had read, obviously, this exact type of stuff that he, that he was doing. It was it was different. It was very different. And I think 
I think he was trying to get these people hooked <clears throat> mm -hmm. um, from the from the very beginning because it's a different style than what they're used to, and I think it worked very well. It's what made him. I mean, what what popularity he did have back then, which was obviously very very minimal, mm -hmm. <clears throat> was probably for the people who are like, wow, like I'm. You start reading it, and the sense of foreboding starts right away. <clears throat> Yeah, and it's it's just so cool because like you know I didn't realize this until I got really got to reading reading his books. He really is like e even though he wasn't he wasn't noticeably popular while he was alive, but he really is the father of modern and postmodern American horror and science fiction. Yes, it's so cool. Well, it's, it, and you say for modern, you will not find <coughs> anyone who writes modern horror. Mm -hmm. Even the really, really woke ones mm -hmm. are always like, like, everything that I did was inspired by this or by this thing. Or maybe they'll say it a little bit more tentatively so they don't get canceled right away. But like Stephen King, um, mm -hmm. I mean, like, we talk about someone who is the current kind of horror master that's still around and still writing mm -hmm. um, I'm not a big Stephen King fan uh, I don't read a lot of his stuff I don't care a ton but I mean mm -hmm. it's 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 pretty uh, it's not exactly disputed that he is the most widely accepted horror author of our time author of our time and he's like yeah I have everything to Lovecraft like I write everything the way that I do because Lovecraft yeah, I think it's or fair. He'll cite someone else who was, or he'll cite someone else who was inspired by Lovecraft. Yeah, I I think it's it's it would be fair to call him the biggest and most popular author period of our time. <laughs> I think that I don't think that would be unfair to call him that. Oh, Stephen King. Yeah, Stephen yeah. King. Yeah, I like, I've I've never read a single one of his books, but it, it's it, yeah. <laughs> I've read a little, and I just don't care about it. It's just. <clears throat> It's not my thing. I probably should, at least so I can pretend like I care more. I, I don't know. But, uh, yeah, like, you have the most influential people in this genre now. Point to him and go, yeah, it's all because of him. Mm -hmm. It's, yeah, no. Um, H.P. Uh, uh, Lovecraft is to horror and science fiction both. What, um, uh, what Tolkien is to fantasy and the modern fairy story. Yeah, yeah, and I mean, obviously, I, I think that's a good parallel because um, for fantasy being a much larger and mm -hmm. more read genre than horror, it makes sense that they're both equally as popular within their own realms. Mm -hmm. And we're already digressing, we're very good at this. Yeah. <laughs> well, what are you getting at? Uh, we, were, we were talking about the... Uh, uh, the 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 way that that he wrote the twist in this book was actually very good and very believable. And also, I I I know I know Howard likes to recycle names, but well, I don't know about that, Arlie. Yeah, we've, we've <laughs> the hamster is awake, so we are screaming to the hamster. Ah, yes. <laughs> and and who and. So wait, you're screaming to the hamster, and that's why I can hear her screaming back. Um, sure. I was calling Harley a hamster. Um, yeah, the ham that hamster must be delicious though, because she keeps saying umami every time she looks at it. Mm. <laughs> yeah, <clears throat> but um, uh, yeah, but one thing he he. The uh, twister. 
I, I know he likes to do is he likes to recycle names. True. And so that is this is an instance of recycling names. But I don't like to think of it that way. I don't like to think of his names as being recycled. I say like whenever I, whenever I see the same name, I will draw a connection and I want the connection to be there. Yeah, so you <clears throat> when you said he recycles names, had that answer locked and loaded. <clears throat> yeah. Um uh <clears throat> because I I think to an extent he is just recycling names, but to also to an extent he wants the connection. And so let's talk about the extreme con so I think though that when there is a big connection to something um uh <clears throat> yeah when 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 there's a big connection between two things, I like to think of there being some kind of influence there. And what what I mean by that is this. I think there is an Innsmouth influence on um, uh, uh, Dexter Ward, Charles Dexter Ward. Uh, I'm, I like there's there are some powers that be at Innsmouth that is um, uh, uh, that is influencing what's going on there. Um, uh, because how else would you have an Orn involved? And uh, it was a wait, right? The, the the guy who owned the uh, the guy who owned the asylum was he a wait or a Gilman? Either way, he, uh, he was he was one of the Innsmouth names. Gilman, but yes. Okay, but yeah, and and so like so, so now you have Simon Orn involved, and you have Doctor, we'll say Gilman involved with what's going on there, and. I and I like to believe that, that 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 wasn't recycling names. I like to think that he put those names in there on purpose, not just to say, "Hey, look, the, these these names are here," but like saying, "Like you know, hey, yeah, the powers that be at at, at Innsmouth are influencing the goings on here." Um, uh, and so I like to think of, I, I so I, I I like to think of the. Uh, uh, well, and also also no, it is the powers that be at Innsmouth because. Um, uh, that that see so the the esoteric cult of of Dagon, it's technically not Dagon that they are worshiping. Um, uh, the the common consensus right is that they they use Dagon as the term because it's the term they know because it's a term that is the the it was you know previously a Christian town, and that's a term that pops up in the Bible. Um, uh, and so that's just what they called it, given you know, because it's a uh, you know the fish god, and they they know that, that existed in the Bible, and so that's the term they use. But it's actually, um, uh, the 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 deep ones and the esoteric cult of Dagon, um, uh, actually worship Cthulhu, and of course you know, they're they're not exactly friendly, but they're you know they're they're related to the point that they they're not friendly with each other, but their end goals are close enough to the same that I could see the uh, the influence spilling over, um uh, because um uh, 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 the or uh, Simon Orn and uh, crap. Uh, the 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 main antagonist in Charles Dexter Ward, um, uh, why can't Charles Dexter Ward? No, the his 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 great great grandfather, um, uh, yeah, 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 uh, Curin? No, no, I thought it was. Is it not Curin? You asked me too early, and I wasn't prepared for this question. Oh well, that's fine. Um, uh, wow, slipped my mind. Um, uh, but he, um, uh, uh, but they, it's, it's heavily implied that 
the um uh, their their science slash magic because science and magic are the same thing um uh, comes from uh, Nyarlathotep. <clears throat> And I can see, I, I, I can see, even though they they worship Cthulhu, you can kind of see a Narlathotep influence on Insmith. So, like, it's it's very much he, he's he's even if he's never named, he seems to be in he seems to be a background character in every Lovecraft story except for maybe Sweet Ermengarde. Well, even then, I would say <laughs> still possibly the, the mental influence. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I, yeah, I, I, well, it's not that I disagree. I, I don't think you're making a bad point. I just think, mm -hmm. uh, I do think it's intentional um, that is the esoteric order of Dagon, mm -hmm. uh, because technically speaking, mm -hmm. all of those people should be able to trace their lineage mm -hmm. from Dagon. Yeah, um, is the reason why I, I think that that's legitimate. Um, yes, they being that they're like essentially cults, mm -hmm. um, they would have multiple. <coughs> entities gods that they would worship and obviously Cthulhu in in the realm of if you even if you just think about um mm -hmm. you know if, if you think about um who would who would a cult like that worship yes it would be Cthulhu mm -hmm. but it would also be all these other outer gods that they'd be aware of mm -hmm. they would just the order of Dagon would make the most sense because that's their direct lineage so I, I think that they probably do just it's just both mm -hmm. <clears throat> well also given them uh uh, <clears throat> given the uh, the similarities, I think even in the the the, the very very short story Dagon, um, uh, I like saying Dagon, Dagon, Dagon. um, uh, it's wrong. <clears throat> going, I wasn't gonna correct you. Dagon, um, uh, Dagon. <laughs> uh, even even in that even in the short story there, like just the the similarities to how he pops up on the island that isn't there. Uh, mm -hmm. And how it's the exact same as as randomly finding Relia in um uh, in Call of Cthulhu, like yep. I I honestly think that 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 Dagon in the story Dagon I I, I still believe that that was that was also Cthulhu and it was another person maybe even at the same time that just stumbled upon Relia when it was when it was out of the water for some reason. <laughs> Mm, that's you're too deep into the uh. <laughs> the the lore there. I don't think that's the case. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> uh, I do like the the Nyarlathotep thing. Is essentially, mm -hmm. if this is this is the reason why um, Lovecraft's um, mythos is so mm -hmm. engaging to me is you can actually you can make um, those points. Yeah, uh, you can say like <clears throat> I you know I actually think that because of the way what we know. Uh, about uh, these, the um, outer gods or the old mm -hmm. ones or all these individuals because of what we know about them uh, we think that this is what's happening here behind the scenes of the story mm -hmm. that the the writer is not privy to mm -hmm. and like the thing about Nyarlathotep um, pulling the strings in all of these different stories is lines up with that character mm -hmm. um, that's a and Nyarlathotep's always been um my kind of my favorite um of all of the antagonists just because it's the most interesting one um and it it it, 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 it it's so good because like you're saying there oh this this is actually uh, the one that was pulling the strings here and he was influencing this thing here and, and this stuff and the reason why that's so fun to think of mm -hmm. uh, is because you have like the people's other theories that are saying 
well, all this stuff is real, and mm-hmm. he's an impersonator, and he's trying to trick people. <coughs> like, it was Nikola Tesla, it was uh, this particular pharaoh, it was this character in history, and you're like, I can't tell you that you're wrong, mm-hmm. uh, because, you know, it's one of those things, like, well, technically speaking, you can't completely disprove to me that this was the case, and it's in line with what this char- fictional character would do, so it's a really cool way to make up all these little stories. Yeah, no, that that's a person said. Someone said that. It said every religion is actually this religion, um, uh, and and so like in that context, Nyarlathotep is Satan, um, uh, and in in the Lovecraft mythos, that is true. Anytime you hear anyone deal with the devil, it's always Nyarlathotep. Yeah. Um, uh, but he, um, uh, there was someone who went way further with that. I was talking about all the different guises of Nyarlathotep, and one of them was Sauron. And my, my question, and that sounds pretty neat, but my question to that person, uh, that, that Narlathotep is Sauron, or the other way around, um, uh, is if Sauron is Narlathotep, who's Morgoth? Yeah. There's a, there's a bunch of, that's mm-hmm. kind of funny, mm-hmm. um, but no. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm. Well, there seems like there's got to be another point of this story that we haven't talked about that we need to talk about, or that I was going to talk about, and I'm struggling oh. to remember what it would have been. While you're thinking of that, I'm going to go back to my point that I believe um, uh, uh, that uh, Dagon is Cthulhu. I'll tell you what I actually think happened there. Um, I would still like to believe that it's that it's the same entity in this in this case because it, it lines up too well. But here's what I actually think happened. Um, uh, Lovecraft wrote a really tiny, short, two-page story about a guy who stumbled upon uh, a, an island that wasn't there and saw and found a mystical, in, in incredibly evil uh, aquatic monster. Um, uh, and then he he did it and he read it and he said, "I really like that story," and he called it Dagon. And then he thought. I like that idea, and it didn't make a whole lot of sense. So I'm going to write a full-length story. I'm going to reuse that concept, and I'm going to include it in my mythos in a way that makes a lot more sense. Is what I think actually happened. Very <laughs> possible. <laughs> What's funny about all of that is uh-huh. actually like that's one of his more well-known ones. Is mm-hmm. Dagon? Yeah. I mean, probably because it's so easy to digest, mm-hmm. um, and it's just so brief. There's very little going on in it, uh, which makes it, by the way, it makes it a perfect story. I mean, like you have an entire, um, um, you, you have the entire technically beginning, middle, and end. You get a point across all the way, and it just takes minutes to read. Uh huh. That is something that oh man, you you need to read. You need to read uh, uh, Lord Dunsany. Um, uh, it's his. Told that before. Yeah, his. Uh, his mythos, um, uh, it's hard to find a book version of the complete mythos. There's an audiobook of the complete mythos, but it's a compilation of so he uh, of stuff. So he has the the, the gods of Pagana uh, is his main mythos book, but then he has story collections, and there will be like a couple mythos stories popped throughout the collections of his short stories. But the, it's it, he's the one that influenced Lovecraft to write this way. I like Lovecraft a little bit better, but it's so cool to see the influence, and I like the way Dunsany writes. But you never, like, you're never told um, uh, that this person did this. 
and this person has this personality, this person is acting like this. You find out who the gods are and kind of what they do, not by being told what they're doing, but as soon as they do it, it has an impact on the world. And you're told what that impact is, and that's really all you're told about them. So, like, the gods stood up, and this god, like, and the god Arshafaz stood and made the sign of Arshafaz. And the town was no more. <laughs> like, okay, this guy, this guy destroys things, you know? <laughs> And uh, and that that's that that's how it goes, and it's actually really interesting. All all you know about about anything is just the the things that they did caused something, and you're told what they caused. And it's it's really neat. And Lovecraft does does the same thing. All you really know about these monsters until later, you're t you sometimes you get more information about them, but until you get that information, all all you know about them is just the impact that they had. Which is interesting. <clears throat> yeah, it's it's never like a and the monster killed this man. It's uh, yeah, uh, this person went to where the monsters was, and uh, I never saw him again. You know, that's the impact. The impact is that guy is gone. You know, yeah. you, you don't know. Did they tear him apart? Did they stab him? Did they you know? Did they have sex with him? I mean, <clears throat> all of the above. <clears throat> yes, and and so they um. Uh, Gives a whole new meaning to stabbing, I suppose. Um, uh, <clears throat> yeah, and it's he it's. Him repeatedly. Ha <laughs> But and it's 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 neat. Um, uh, I've, I've I'll, I'll keep I'll keep loving on Dunsany, uh, specifically because he um, uh, uh, because of his great influence on on Lovecraft. But he actually is. He's he he's really good too. And and you see that you you do see that a lot in in Shadow Over Innsmouth. Um, uh, especially in the stories of, um, uh, <clears throat> especially in the stories that Zadok is telling, the way he recounts it, because all he knows is since he didn't actually see anything happen, he saw hints and clues of things, and then he saw the impact, and so he's talking about the impact that all these things had, and I think that adds more. <clears throat> it you know it's 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 a Dark Souls story, right? Um. Uh, <laughs> I mean, it, it, that, that 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 is what it is, and um, uh, and I I don't think um, I'm not going to read too 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 much into that. Like I know I know Miyazaki was a huge Lovecraft fan, but I'm not going to say. And Dark Souls, there are Lovecraft inspirations, but um, uh, as it's just that's just another that's just another term of another way to put it to understand it. I don't think his, his the influence was that big. Um, uh, but that it's the same kind of thing. You're going around, you're exploring, and you um. Uh, you see the impact that the stuff happened, and how you learn the story is by picking up clues that people left behind. You know, mm -hmm. it's all about the like you, know, you came after the story happened, or the story happened either a long time ago or right before you got there, and now you're doing the you're, you're and now your story is a sub story that's just picking up cl clues about the story. <sighs> And that's kind of the way Lovecraft is too. Um, uh, and it's it's I I love it. <clears throat> yeah, it's uh, a, a there's, there's got to be a better way to say this. I'm trying to say it. Mm -hmm. It's like a journalistic approach to mm -hmm. finding out all the clues mm -hmm. um, and finding out everything about the story. 
because the exposition is always from like, oh, I found this little thing. I mean, and the greatest example of that, obviously, is, is always going to be the Call of Cthulhu. Mm-hmm. Um, but I mean, it's you find that in in all, especially the the ones that have time. So you like your longer, uh, the longer Lovecraft stories that actually have the ability to take their time to to for him to lay it out in that way. He really does. You can clearly see that's his favorite way of of storytelling because like you have mountains of madness which is essentially that to a t but like completely scientifically um and and then you have like as the stories get shorter from there like it's it's a little bit less and less of it but it's always there mm-hmm. <clears throat> yeah it's 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 fantastic oh i just saw a um uh, thing on here it has nothing to do with that i'll have to talk to you about this later um uh but yeah, no, that's um, uh, it's I, I don't know. I, I love I love his storytelling. Um, uh, I don't know what it is that draws me in so much, or if it's a, just a perfect combination of both, um, uh, or if it's one over the other. I honestly don't know. I haven't been. I'm, I'm not that introspective, but um, uh, I don't know if it's his stories that I love so much. I do like his stories. Or if it's his storytelling that I, that I, I that's the thing that really pulls me in and keeps me. They're both phenomenal, but I, I there's got to be, you know, because that's the way the people are. There's one thing that you like over you know, about anything else. Um, uh, and I don't know what, what it is out of those two. Uh, like the interconnectability of his stories, even unintentional, even probably unintentional. Um, uh, <clears throat> Uh, man, and I wish I knew what um, uh, what 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 book this was, but it was the first book to really go into the mythos of the Miskatonic Valley specifically. Um, uh, th- this is talking about the interconnectability of it, and this goes into everything Lovecraft, even his personal attitude. I cannot think of what the story was, but it was the first story that really went into the details of the, or the, that really started the the mythos of the Miskatonic Valley. And it was a rewrite of someone else's story. Or so, someone wrote a story that was supposed to have these plot points. And Lovecraft read it. And he didn't like it. And, um, uh, and he, uh, like, I, I guess he, like, wanted to give the guy feedback and the dude wouldn't listen to him. So Lovecraft went, rewrote that story in a way that wasn't plagiaristic. He just said, you know, I saw that story and I wanted to write a better version of it. Um, uh, so he wrote the story, made a better version of it, made it popular, created the Miskatonic Valley mythos, and then sent a letter to all of his writer friends and said, "Hey guys, <coughs> I created this um uh, this thing here. Uh, it's 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 open source. Write whatever you want in this in this universe. Um, uh, do whatever do you want. Make, yeah, make money off of it. Flesh this out. And um, uh, that's when." Uh, uh, that, that, that's when Durleth really took off from uh, writing Cthulhu Mythos with Lovecraft. <laughs> it was when that happened too. <laughs> yeah, and it was really it's the the I think the most incredible thing mm. about Lovecraft really is his mm-hmm. um his correspondence with other people mm-hmm. is what was really incredible. Uh, mm-hmm. Just because the sheer amount of it, for one thing, is is absolutely incredible. Mm-hmm. But then his willingness <laughs> to like, I mean, think of any other author in history that was this much like, yeah, keep writing the story that I'm writing. 
Like, yeah, do more of do more of that. Let's do, what, what's what do you think the best way to do is? I think the best way that you could continue writing my stories to kind of go vaguely down this line, but kind of do your own thing with it. I would do this and this. You should do this, and you have like, not only is he allowing people to to write his story, he's encouraging it and helping them to do it. I mean, that's it's awesome, but that's crazy. Like that, people don't do that. Mm. Oh, um. Uh, speaking of his his correspondence, um, uh, have you read the poem that he wrote as a Christmas po- on the Christmas card that he sent to Lori Sawyer? I don't know. Okay, <clears throat> here you go. I will read to you his Christmas poem that he sent to Lori Sawyer. <clears throat> okay. As Christmas snows, as yet a poet's trope. Call back one's bygone days of youth and hope. Four metric lines I send, they're quite enough, though once I fancied I could write the stuff. Uh-huh. <laughs> quite good. <laughs> Short, sweet, to the point. And also, uh, this this is a uh, I guess back back when they back when they were uh, more uh, amicable. Uh, a Christmas card that he sent to Sonia H. Green. <laughs> um, uh, so here, here you go. Here, here's a, a a Christmas poem that he wrote for her back when, uh, back back before she was a raging cunt. Um, uh, <clears throat> not it couldn't have been that long before. Yeah, that's true. <clears throat> Once more, the ancient feast returns, and the bright hearth domestic burns with Yuletide's added blaze. So too may all your joys. Oh, okay, so. Uh, oh, I see what. Okay, this is a very inter- This is a very interesting rhyme scheme. I'm gonna start from the beginning. Um, uh, here we go. <clears throat> Once more, the ancient feast returns, and the bright hearth domestic burns with Yuletide's added blaze. So too may all your joys increase midst floods of memory, love, and peace, and dreams of halcyon days. <clears throat> that's uh, that's the same. <clears throat> Wow, that's a mm-hmm. bit of a nerd moment. That's the same rhyme scheme as a uh, Bilbo's poem that he wrote for the feast uh, at um, when when the feast for the hobbits are arriving at uh, Rivendell. Mm-hmm. And what's what's funny about that is um uh, uh you know because of when Lovecraft's letters were published and stuff um uh, a I don't think there was any any Lovecraft to Tolkien influence. Um, uh, I would doubt it. Yeah, yeah, because a how I mean, they 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 both had similar influences, but I don't think Lovecraft at any point influenced Tolkien, and these and these wouldn't have been published by then anyway. So it's just a, a interesting rhyme. Scheme. Speaking of rhyme schemes, I freaking love the uh, 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 um the. Crap! The dwarves' song, um, uh, the rhyme scheme for that, um, because uh, the the rhyme the rhyme scheme the rhyme scheme goes a a internal bb a. I love a good internal bb. First of all, internal bb. Yeah. So we have um uh, uh far over the misty mountains cold to dungeons deep and taverns or taverns caverns old. We must away ere break of day to seek the pale enchanted gold. And every stanza is that way. A, mm-hmm. A, B, B, 
A. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> I think that's not the only one mm-hmm. in his uh, lexicon that does that either. It's a, a theme he comes mm-hmm. back to, which is pretty cool. Like He goes to that type of rhyming scheme for some of the... Um, um, <coughs> Well, well, let me rephrase. He goes back to rhyming schemes and keeps them uh, for the different peoples that are similar to it. So the more sophisticated rhyming schemes he saves for, like the elves and the dwarves, because they're older peoples. Mm-hmm. But then he always goes back to a hobbit ones, like this really simplistic, straight ahead, mm-hmm. like just back and forth and back and forth, and it's always super basic, which is really funny to me because he's like these younger, uh, this younger people that. Mm-hmm. Is less sophisticated. He yeah. even has a less sophisticated rhyme scheme. Yeah. I was thinking that. I was thinking of the other day because I was doing. I'm doing my yearly um, Lord of the Rings read through again. The reason why I'm thinking of all of it. <clears throat> mm-hmm. Or, or you have um, uh, Bilbo's translation of the Fall of Gilgalad, uh, which yeah, was laying around. <clears throat> yeah, which rhymes. And then he also has the Cinderin version of the Fall of Gilgalad, which rhymes. <laughs> that's not how that would work no because it's it's very interesting because if you look at the direct translation from cinderin for the fall of gilgalad it doesn't make any sense like um uh uh it's like instead of gilgalad was an elven king the direct cinderin translate because it's it's implied that bilbo translated it and changed the wording around to make it rhyme to to make it back into a song and so if if you like gil gilgalad was uh, an elven king of him the harper sadly sing and that line there the cinderin goes more like king elven gilgalad is and then slash was um, uh, and then, uh, it's a, and then, cause it makes it seem like Cinderin is an incomplete language like Latin, which it is, but it, it, he, he really made it, like, the, the way that he put, like, the lines and the parentheses and stuff makes it seem like you're supposed to understand that these words belong here, but they don't exist. Right. Um, uh, I said, so, uh, <clears throat> uh, him of... Um, uh, sing Harper's sadness, and it's like, it, but but it's like the the way it's, it's weird because the way it's translated is, is how you would expect Latin to be translated, and then so then you just and then you take it and it, so you, and and it keeps the same the the same meter and the same rhyme scheme, and the fact that he did that, the fact that he wrote it, he made it rhyme. I'm sure he wrote it first in English. And then he said, okay, but now let's write it in Cinderin. And he d- did it in Cinderin in a way that would make sense in Cinderin and kept the same meter and kept the same rhyme scheme. <laughs> Is the... Okay, either way, though, we're not talking about love... Or, not talking. We are talking about Lovecraft. We're not... <laughs> I was going to say we digress, but we always digress, so... Mm-hmm. If we of didn't course. digress, we wouldn't be the Super Whiskey Bros. <laughs> okay, let's end on... Um, uh, let, let, let's end on uh, Lovecraft's best Christmas poem, and then we'll, we'll be gone. Chokes <clears throat> on you, I was already gone. <clears throat> there is snow on the ground, and the valleys are cold, and a midnight profound blackly squats over the wold. 
But a light on the hilltops hath seen hints of feastings unhallowed and old. There is death in the clouds, there is fear in the night, for the dead in the shrouds hail the sun's turning flight. And a chant in the woods, as they dance round, a yule altar, fungus and white. To no gale of earth's kind sways the forest oak, where the sick boughs entwined. By mad mistletoes choke, for these powers are the powers of dark, from the graves of the lost druid folk. And mayst thou to such deeds be an abbot and priest, singing cannibal greeds at each devil-wrought feast, and to all the incredulous world showing dimly the sign of the beast. I was waiting for him to say the N-word. 